Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Ashley. And we're joined by Garrett. Hey guys. Thanks for joining us, Garrett. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so this is another entry in our retro series where we use an excuse to talk about an older film. And today's is um, topical because it's Valentine's Day and we're going to talk about a horror movie. Why wouldn't you? Uh, this is called My Bloody Valentine. It's from 1981 and Garrett's going to tell us about it. Yeah, so My Bloody Valentine, a 1981 slasher flick. Uh, the synopsis of this movie is, so it's set in a minor town. And there was uh, an accident which could have been preventable if the supervisors had listened to the workers that led to this. This is like set 10 years before the events of the movie. Uh that set this miner off on a murderous rampage. And it just so happened that this rampage occurred on Valentine's Day. So ever since, in kind of this dirty dancing type plot, they have <laughs> banned Valentine's Day from this minor town. But then all of a sudden, even though they know who the killer was, they got him, they put him in prison, these murders start happening again. Uh, around a celebration of Valentine's Day. And that is the setup for My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, so I feel like we've seen a lot of horror movies that came out of the early 80s, slasher movies. And I don't know, for me, this is one of the better ones. Um, it has an interesting backstory that we kind of gradually learn at the beginning. Um, it, it feels kind of... Authentic, like it feels like a story that might haunt a, a small town like this, and the, the 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 coal mine, the small town. It's kind of a unique setting for this kind of thing. And I felt like the characters, the actors who are in it, these young people, or they're primarily young people who work in the mine. Um, they feel like people who actually know each other and perhaps actually work in the mine. There's there's just a sense of authenticity to the whole thing. Um, so that's something that kind of sets it apart, maybe from other from other movies of this ilk. Um, so the acting's decent. Um, some of the dialogue is silly. Um, <laughs> there's a particular moment that always makes Matt and I laugh out loud when when we see it, and it's actually uh, the the killer leaves behind some valentines, and he's uh, a bit of a poet. He's a bit of a poet, yeah. And uh, some of those are kind of just too humorous. But, well, he uses um, the word thrice. Thrice. Which just, anytime you use that in a, in a poem, is not... It's going to cause laughter. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the, you know, if you're into the, the kills, people talk about the kills in these movies. Um, I think this is... The, the kills are varied enough. They're not gory. Um, too gory for me. I know there's, there's some gore to it. Um, but I don't know. It's... It's also kind of typical of these early movies that there'd be a holiday involved. I mean, we've had everything from April Fool's to Christmas to Halloween, of course, and now we have Valentine's Day. So it's it's fitting that um, you have a slasher movie centered around how, uh, Valentine's Day and that, you know, hearts are play a, a prominent role in the film. So I don't know. It's, it's memorable. It's well done. Um, I like this one quite a bit. I do too. Yeah. So you, I know Garrett watches horror movies year round, 
Um, I used to watch a lot of them as a kid on HBO in the 80s. Um, but you and I actually typically spend more time around September and October watching horror movies and not so much the rest of the year. But we have been watching more recently. Um, I don't know. There's something I find kind of, uh, this sounds weird, but kind of comforting about 80s horror movies. Um, so, yeah, we've been watching some. Up to and including one that's called, like, He Knows You're Alone, which was, I think, 1980. And it's the first movie Tom Hanks ever did. So, yeah, and that, my whole point in mentioning this is, like, a lot of them are not very good. Even that one. Um, this one, I think, is a cut above. Um, we, re- we rewatched it in order to do this episode, but we'd seen it once before. It actually played at a local theater here um, a few years ago on, for, like, Valentine's Day. So we saw it on the big screen. Uh, but everything you said about it, actually, I agree with. It does feel very real. Like there's like a lived in quality to the town and the, the actors and the characters. Um, it's well directed. George Mahalka directed it. I mean, it's very competently directed. Um, it's funny you mentioned the kills. I mean, I'm not huge into like the brutality of horror movie kills. And these, these are brutal in nature, but not in display. You know, they cut away a lot. Now, it's interesting. After we rewatched it this time, I was reading about it afterwards. And they had at least, I think, five minutes cut from this movie by the by the, by the whatever, governing board that, mm-hmm. that looks at this. So that made sense because there were times when I was watching it and sometimes you saw people get killed. And sometimes you just happened upon other characters who you hadn't seen for a while and then they were dead. And I'm like, wait, did we see them get killed? And it's like, no. And I read after it's like there were actual scenes where yes, they did film them getting killed, but the Motion Picture Association was like, no, you, you, that's got to be cut. It's too much. So, anyway, um, yeah, I, I think this is this is good. It, it kept my interest. It starts on. I mean, they have a title card. It starts on um, Thursday, February twelfth, and then the main action goes down on Saturday. The 14th, which is Valentine's Day. I, I was timing it, and it's an hour and a half movie, and the first t- two days, uh, the 12th and the 13th, are in the first half of the film, and then the, the back 45 minutes is all on Valentine's Day. Mm. Um, and I guess that would also mean that then Friday was the 13th. <laughs> yeah. So holiday horror is kind of a, a funny subgenre of horror <laughs> movies because uh, when I think about some of these movies so they're centered around a holiday but like they could literally be about anything else like you remove Valentine's Day from this movie all these events still could have happened around that one day it didn't have to be Valentine's Day mm-hmm. the same thing's true with Halloween the same thing is true with uh Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, even Black Christmas, uh, they're centered around holidays, but the holiday doesn't really mean anything. But it creates this interesting draw to it, uh, which taking the twist off of, you know, Christmas, of course, but this time Valentine's Day, and then making it into this brutal display, it's like, yeah, you take something comforting and you make it not. And so that's a, a really interesting way to put it. Um, this one does it very well. I've seen other movies where they just straight up, like, I'm going to make a horror movie by holiday. Uh, if you go on Amazon <laughs> and watch Thanks Killing, it is terrible. So, uh, but 
I agree with these guys. Uh, My Bloody Valentine is very good. What what I am kind of surprised about, so what this movie did, which it's not as easy to do as it sounds, is it made a very competent boogeyman. You, you just think of the way they showed the killer in this before who they revealed, which uh, that is part of the mystery of the movie. Uh, it's this miner. You know, he's wearing the gas mask and the big old goggles and he's carrying a pickaxe. And so that's a really like you can see someone showing up to a Halloween party is a terrifying display, which would make you think that this could set up some sort of franchise. Right. But instead, this one turns more into a cult classic. But I actually felt this was a very competent boogeyman that if they wanted to, they could then, you know, every Valentine's Day he comes (laughs) back. But they didn't do that. Uh, There's the the 2009 remake, which. I never saw in theaters, but I'm guessing because it's called My Bloody Valentine 3D. You see that <laughs> one in 3D, it probably is kind of cool. But um, this one, though, yeah, I really like the setting around the coal mine. Um, kind of salt of the earth type uh, actors, and they really do play kind of these gruff characters. Uh, there's a you know a little love triangle which can also grip your interest, but uh, overall with this movie, yeah, you're there for the kills, and it's a a very interesting setup, and it unfolds in a brutal way. Yeah, before we recorded, I was telling Garrett that I actually saw this movie when I was a young kid. Um, I think it must have been it would have had to have been an edited TV version of it. And uh, I, I remembered the killer very distinctly. So you're right. It is a very memorable, you know, helmet and costume that he's wearing and something that it's actually pretty frightening. Um, and then I also remembered as a kid the, the, the scene with the, the nail gun. And it, that's such a small scene. I thought like the whole movie was that. But mm-hmm. it's just a small scene. Um, so, yeah, it does create this very unique atmosphere like we've talked about and um, – so in that sense, it's, it's very unique. And I love the end of the movie. And by the end, I mean the very last scene, which is oddly chilling um, but, and humorous and chilling. <laughs> but I, I like it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you mentioned, the, I agree with you, Gary, the, the, the look of the killer, I think, is very terrifying. And it, it, there's a couple of scenes here that work really well, even though they are predictive, Um and, and not every movie, a horror movie that kind of does this, does it well. But here, like, so, and I'm one of the ones I'm talking about is where one of the townsfolk is wanting to scare, like, the young people. So he sets up this dummy of a miner <laughs> with a pickaxe. Uh, so, like, when they open a door, um, the, you know, the, the dummy will come out and it'll frighten them. And he does this. He, he's really pleased with his work. <laughs> so he keeps opening and closing the door um, for effects. And you know what's going to come, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, even like last night when we were rewatching it, I mean, I knew what was going to come. Even then, I was just, my heart was kind of skipping a beat because I was like, oh, this, this, oh, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, like, this, this is still pretty well done, mm-hmm. even though you know what's going to happen. Um, and there are some movies to try and do that. Um, it's just like not quite as scary. Um, but yeah, I, if I, I also think it was kind of funny. There's a character in here called Hollis 
who I kept referring to as Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> uh, the actor is Keith Knight. No, 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 um, no shade on, on Keith Knight. May he rest in peace. But he looks like Wilfred Brimley from like Cocoon. And, and uh, or also some folks know him as the postmaster general from Seinfeld, but it's the mustache. It's the mustache and the weight, I yes. think. But and you actually, you even mentioned like this guy is like he's pulling some really attractive women, right? <laughs> he it, was. Yeah, they're they're you know they're, they're, these miners like to party, um, and you know so when they're hanging out with their girlfriends, you know Wilford Brimley is <laughs> he's got himself. An attractive woman. And of course, like all 80s horror movies, this movie is very sexualized in certain aspects. But um, I made the comment. I'm like, and I'm, my, my, my gay man, my shadow gay man comment was, the men here are like slim pickings. Like, they're, <laughs> they're not, I mean, I'm just trying to be real here. But, you know, there were no, like, there were no male models in this <laughs> cast. Uh, they, were, they were all right. They were your average looking men. But usually when you see, like, you know, like Halloween, not Halloween, Friday the 13th Part 2, there's a couple of really attractive guys in that movie. And, there were, and you know, Friday the 13th Part 1 had Kevin Bacon. Um, there was nobody like that in this movie. Yeah. So I think in that town, Wilfred Brimley was, was kind of what you had to work with. You know, I did think about that because uh, it actually does work well for the setting of the movie, though. Being that everyone there probably works at the mine, you might only have 20 or 30 people in this town. So, yeah, Wilford Bremley there. Uh, <laughs> you only know the the four walls around you. Like, you got to pick one of them. <laughs> well, I think it's probably true that when casting was occurring for these movies, um, there was an eye towards it, uh, casting attractive women. And perhaps not so much on, on men, just because of the demographic of the audience. I guess. I guess. It's just, it's interesting to note. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's we're, still, just, we're just making a side comment. It still though. works within the storytelling, though. I oh, think. sure. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I think this is a really good cast, actually. Yeah. Well, too, I mean, I, I like how um, it kind of works. Too. Actually, if I do have a complaint about more modern movies, whether they be horror or whatever, is it doesn't really matter what the job is. Everyone is young and like supermodel attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, for example, like in, in this movie, there's the, the, the police, the, there's like maybe two police officers in the whole town, it seems like, but the main, you know, police chief or sheriff, mm-hmm. he's a grizzled old guy. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, one thing I've noticed when we've been watching a lot of these 80s horror movies lately is like the, the people in authority are grizzled older guys. And nowadays it's like, like the chief of detectives is like a 22 year old um, supermodel <laughs> that they cast. And it's like, uh, I don't know if that's really true or real, but okay. Uh, so yeah, um, I guess give, what we're saying in a round, really roundabout way is give this movie props for realism in <laughs> casting. I guess. Well, I, I, I mean, as Ashley said, you know, the women are extraordinarily attractive though. They're not exploited. Like a lot of the women were in, a lot of early 80s slashers, so give the movie credit for that. But I, I believed these actors were minors in that town. Yeah. I, I was able to suspend disbelief for that. It is a little harder to believe that these attractive women wouldn't think, wow, if I go to college, I could, <laughs> I, I could pull in something better than this town. But here we are. 
<laughs> and then uh, I will say, and you know, and you're right, Garrett. Earlier, the mystery is part of this movie, so I'm not. I'm not going to. Even though this movie is four decades old, I'm not going to spoil who the killer miner is. That said, they do feel the need to give a very brief, and I mean really brief, explanation about why the killings are occurring, and that was really weak. Oh, that it was. was. That, I have had to ding this movie for anything. It's that. I, I almost kind of wish... You just don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. Kind of like make him a Michael Myers or something like where he's just bad. Yeah, the, the explanation truly is. It's like, really? That's it? <laughs> it's kind of like the Martha scene at the end of Superman. And it's like, that's what turned you? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, I did derail it for that. But that's uh, really... It's very brief, and it comes at the end of the movie. So, yeah. Um, so, Garrett, what would you give this out of ten? Yeah, I'm going to give it a six. Okay. What about you, Ashley? Uh, seven for me. Yeah, I give it a 7.2. So, our score is a uh, 6.7. And that is our special Valentine's Day episode. It is uh, My Bloody Valentine. Uh, I think yeah, pop the popcorn, uh, <laughs> give your significant other a kiss, and put on My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This feeling deep inside me won't let me go and let me show you why. Here with you. Beside me, I open up and reach out and cry.